It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we're back on the virtual bible study tonight welcome to the program this is the virtual bible study for the first day of spring of 2008 march 20th my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is here hello dad Jacob, good to be with you as always on Thursday night. We look forward to our Thursday night Bible study group on the Internet, and we're glad for all who are out there listening tonight. We appreciate your uh, regular participation in the program, and we thank you for uh, tuning us in tonight. We have a special guest, Jacob. We are. We do have a special guest, and we're looking forward to your participation. You can be a guest on the program as well by dialing 877-381-4567 or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Our guest on the virtual Bible study tonight is a former emergency room doctor who once lived an extravagant lifestyle, but has given that up in favor of a simpler life to help save the planet. He has given away more than half of what he once owned and is committed to spreading the message of creation care. He is a self-proclaimed environmental evangelist and has written a book entitled Serve God, Save the Planet. He believes that serving God will help the environment and prevent environmental catastrophes such as global warming. Dr. Matthew Sleeth is our, progr- our guest on the virtual Bible study tonight. Hello, Dr. Sleeth. Welcome to the program. Uh, good evening. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I, I really appreciate your willingness to talk to us. We know that you've been sort of on a national speaking tour. We first learned of your message uh, when we saw some coverage of you being in our area recently. I think you spoke not too long ago at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. That's correct. And, so, and I was uh, back again uh, to speak at uh, Belmont uh, just this last week. Oh, okay. Well, that's how we learned about uh, your work and what you're doing. And uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, in some of the things that I've read on your website and other places, you you describe yourself. Now, of course, as Jacob just mentioned, you're a, you're an MD, a medical doctor, and but you've sort of taken on a new role and you identify yourself as an environmental evangelist. Uh, tell us about that. What 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 do you? What's the main message that you're trying to get out there? Well. The, the the book um, that I wrote and you referred to uh, says it in its title, Serve God First, and then uh, be part of Save the Planet, be part of God's redemptive plan uh, for not only uh, birds and bees, but our next-door neighbor. S- save uh, the Planet has two meanings, of course. And one can be thought of as uh, evangelistic, spreading the gospel. And uh, Matthew, you're living, uh, you're practicing what you preach. Uh, explain a little bit about uh, the change in your lifestyle. Well, when we uh, took this up as a family, we were particularly struck with Matthew uh, 7, uh, verse 1, where we're told not to judge other people and instead to get the log out of our own eye. And in in doing that, we realized that our lifestyle was not 
in a in accordance with what I I think God intended us to do. And by the way, this is all individual. You know, you have to go to God and the Bible yourself and figure this out. But we felt that our lifestyle was too extravagant, as you put it, and we ended up cutting our electric bill to a tenth of the national average and our fossil fuel used to a third, and we moved from a doctor-sized house to one that was exactly the size of our garage. And I began uh, traveling and preaching and, and teaching and writing on this, and it has been uh, in a, an amazing uh, blessing uh, to, to our family to make those changes. Well, now let me let me just get you on record here, uh, Matthew. You you are fully committed to the idea that current human activity is responsible, at least in part, maybe in large part, to the climate for the climate changes that we're seeing in the world today. Is that correct? Uh, I be- I believe that it's it's very possible that our activities are contributing to that. It's interesting that I talk about that subject probably the least of anything. I can't be a hundred percent certain that that uh, human activity is is the cause uh, for climate change, but I I can be a hundred percent certain that if I can't eat a fish out of a stream because it has dioxin or mercury in that that was human cause, and I can be a hundred percent certain that on a summer's day when many many of the cities in the United States are, don't have safe air to breathe, that that's caused by us. Okay, um, now. Tell me a little bit. I think we would probably uh, agree with you concerning the idea that God has made us stewards of planet Earth. In other words, it's God's creation. He put us here and that there's sort of a stewardship responsibility on our part. Is that correct? Absolutely. The first job that we were given in Genesis 2.15 is to protect and serve the garden and that uh, or the earth and that that uh, uh, commandment really to us that didn't have any, uh, you know, time that it ran out or anything. And um, we were given dominion over uh, the entire earth. And as uh, Tozer put it, uh, I think he's beautifully, um, it's, it's generally not us uh, having dominion over things of the earth that gets us in trouble. It's when the things of the earth get dominion over us. And uh, so we, we are stewards. Well, now, uh, uh, tell me to what extent. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure different people take this differently, but do you believe that when, for instance, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that God gave us dominion over uh, the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, Genesis 126? Do you, what's your position? In other words, should we uh, be uh, mining for coal? Should we be drilling for oil? Uh, do you think there's limits to, to this dominion that men have over the earth? Are, are, are we violating that principle in your mind? Well, I think that inherent in being given dominion over a possession that's God's, the earth belongs to the Lord. And uh, the Bible says it's his footstool. And in being given responsibility for this uh, possession of the Lord, I believe that we ought to try to leave the earth better than we found it at the beginning of our our life. And, um, for instance, when a 
uh, parent drops off their uh, kindergartner at, at class, that teacher has dominion over that that child. But we we understand that to mean that that child is better at the end of the day when the parent picks it up from school. And I believe that's how we should view our uh, planet, that we're, we're given it uh, as it's on loan. We're sojourners, as the Bible says. We don't, we don't own it. And um, we have a responsibility to pass it on in uh, better shape to the next generation. Well, just let me question you on that a little bit. I mean, if we use some natural resources, some irreplaceable natural resources, wouldn't wouldn't that indicate though that maybe we're we're taking away something that's not going to be replenished, and therefore the earth is not better? In other words, if I burn a gallon of gas in my car today, that's a non-renewable resource. Should we not be using non-renewable resources? Well, I think that we uh, should be using them more responsibly. And, and you bring up a good point that uh, just inherent in our going through the day, some some animal or some plant or some gallon of gas is consumed by us. And uh, but there's a difference between meeting our needs and trying to meet all of our wants. And and so uh, I don't I, I think that it's uh, it's a blessing that uh, God uh, put oil and coal on, on the planet. Um, it's not a sin to use those, but I think it is a, a sin to use them irresponsibly. And I'll give you um, uh, a little illustration I think that might put it into perspective that I use a lot, and that is that probably most of your listeners say a prayer of thanks when they eat a meal, and they certainly do it at probably at Thanksgiving time. And we do that because we recognize that it's God's sustaining hand in our life, that not everybody has enough. It's not an entitlement. It's it's God's grace manifested in, in his bounty. And it puts us in the right position to, to be thankful to the Lord. And the question I eventually asked myself was, well, if I didn't say a prayer of thanks when I filled up my gas tank, what was the reason? And it's probably because I felt entitled to it. I didn't think about people who didn't have enough, and uh, and so the uh, uh, that position didn't didn't put me at least in in the right uh, frame of mind to be thankful for every blessing that that God has given. I, I think that's a really interesting point. I read that on your website, and and I, I got to admit to you, I had never thought about being specifically grateful for the gas that fills the gas tank in my automobile and what it makes possible for me to do. Uh, that's that's really an interesting thought. Well, you know, I've I've even said a prayer of thanks for these phones. I mean, you and I can communicate in in wonderful ways. Um, and I use a phone to stay in touch with my wife when I'm on the road and pray with the prayer partners and everything. And it's it's not that that phone is is bad, but when when you take anything for granted, that uh, is not the way. At least I read the Bible as as God wanting us to to go through life. If you'd like to talk to uh, Matthew Sleeth, the author of Serve God, Save the Planet, you can call 877-381-4567, or you can email questions at collegeview.com. Uh, we're open for your phone call or your email at this point, so please 
join in on the discussion. Matthew, as you uh, looked at your life, uh, as I've looked at your website and read about uh, uh, the changes that you've made, uh, you got to a point where you felt that uh, your life was too materialistic, too focused on the material. Explain that a little bit for us. Well, I... Uh, I, I also have to say not only was it focused on the materialistic, but that I was not focused on the Lord. And I have spent most of my life not as a believer and, and uh, um, in Christ or God, and I not only uh, examined materialism, but first uh, came to the Lord. I got uh, saved about eight years ago, and that just rearranged everything in my life. Uh, the, the books I read, the music I listened to, the company I kept. And so it was after coming uh, to the Lord and after accepting Christ as Savior that I began to reexamine everything, and I, and I found that I had just been living um, life for myself, really. And even though I had what most people would say is a, is a good and noble job being a doctor, uh, but uh, that that Christ asks us for everything. <laughs> and and well, are uh, you do, are you doing any medical work now at all, Matthew? I I do not. I uh, it, it write and uh, travel constantly. I want to tell you about something that was just that that happened uh, both times I was in your city recently, and it happens more and more, which was totally unanticipated by me, but as I look now, as part of the Lord's plan, and that is that when I talk about this, and when I talk about God's redeeming plan for the whole world, people who are not Christians respond to that, and um, again and again, people will walk up and say, I didn't realize I needed God, and that happened both times I was in Nashville recently, and and happens um, with fair frequency. And the point being is uh, that I think God wants us to proclaim His His glory and His answers in every area. And right now, the whole planet is concerned about environmental things, and it's it's certainly a way I believe that the Lord wants us involved and in, engaged in spreading a gospel. All right, uh, we're talking with Matthew Sleeth, author of Serve God, Save the Planet, and we'd like for your participation in the program. We're going to take a short break, give you time to join in on the discussion. The number to call is 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in a study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we'll hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. 
Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the program, and we are waiting to hear from you. As we talk with Matthew Sleeth, author of Serve God, Save the Planet, about his views of uh, what he calls uh, creation care. Matthew, we want to get to uh, to a point that it is most interesting to us, and I'm not sure that we w- probably share a total agreement on this question, and so I, I want to investigate it with you concerning your view of the Sabbath. I I read from your website um, a couple of things. One was where you said, why aren't we celebrating the Sabbath? The fourth commandment is a mental health prescription followed by Christians for millennia. If Americans did no work, no shopping, and no driving, we would instantly produce 14% fewer greenhouse gases, use billions of gallons less fuel, and be closer to sanity and to God. The Sabbath is God's gift to man 52 times a year. Um, tell me about your view of the Sabbath and maybe your own practice in regards to the Sabbath as it pertains to us today. Do you think that this is this is a... a I guess what I'm asking is, is this something that you think all Christians should be doing as a moral obligation? Well, I I think that it is one of the Ten Commandments. It's uh, interestingly, most of the commandments begin with thou shall not or do not. And it says, remember, because God knew that people would forget. It's... um, the, the longest commandment, the the commandment to not have idols and the, the commandment uh, to keep the Sabbath are, are quite long and, and have a good bit of explanation in them. And uh, the, the ability to come to rest in a 24-7 world is, is something that, as Eugene Peterson, the author of the message, said, it's something the world steals by pickpocketing it from you. You know, it's not a frontal assault, but it's something that gets taken away from us. And on that Sabbath day, when we focus uh, on the Lord, is when we grow ourselves spiritually, I believe, uh, the most of any day, perhaps, of, of the week. The... Uh, the Bible, interestingly, in the creation story, says that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he finished his work. And the question has always been, well, what did he finish on the seventh day? And I think that he made the Sabbath. And as Christ says, that Sabbath is made for man. It, we weren't made for it, and, and it's made to... Uh, restore us and renew us and to give us uh, time to to focus on on things spiritual and not just things uh, financial or physical and matthew i'm sure i'm sure you understand uh, from reading the old testament that the sabbath day was the seventh day of the week Uh, during our discussion prior to the program you mentioned that uh, you don't necessarily observe the sabbath on the seventh day of the week um how do you allow for that deviation? And if you think that the Sabbath in the Old Testament is a, a command that we should still be keeping, not forget it, we need to remember the Sabbath, how would you then um, how would you then allow for varying the day of the Sabbath? Well, because uh, I have to work on Sundays uh, most of the time. 
I, uh, as, as many pastors and that sort of thing do, and even when I was still practicing medicine, I practiced medicine on, uh, on Sundays because, uh, or Saturdays because the ER never closes down. And so I think for those, those people who can't necessarily pick the day, any day is better than no day, if that to clarify. Well, one of our one of our listeners, let me read you a question, just a simple question from one of our listeners, Jack in Smyrna, Tennessee, wrote, "How do you define the Sabbath for Christians today? What would be your de- what would be your answer to that? How do you define the Sabbath for Christians today?" Well, uh, I I believe the Bible asks us to, to keep it holy. It says we certainly can do the Lord's work on it. You can heal the you know withered hand of the man in the synagogue, but one of the uh, things that is is spelled out is the Sabbath's intention to to have us treat our neighbor in a humane way by letting them come to rest. And it says, don't let your maidservant or your manservant uh, work on that day, and that's a minimum wage worker today who doesn't have a choice about whether or not they go to work. Um, it says, let the stranger in your land, that would be the illegal immigrant um uh, and uh and, and it says even let the animals come to rest so a lot of the sabbath is about letting other people have a break and the the story that this really plays out in in the bible is the hebrew people when they're held captive in egypt and it, when moses says uh initially to the pharaoh he, he doesn't say um, let us go, he said, let us go and spend three days with the Lord. And, of course, that angers Pharaoh, and Pharaoh means God, <laughs> and uh, because he didn't want anything else um, being worshipped other than himself, really. And, and his response to that was to make people work harder. And I think that's what the world wants to do. It wants to work people and do whatever it can to keep them from focusing on the Lord. Matthew, and, Matthew, would you say, and I hear people saying this sometimes, would you say that Sunday is the Christian Sabbath? We have a, an email question from Mark in Cookville, Tennessee, who says, how can we say we need to observe the Sabbath when the New Testament specifically shows Christians meeting on the first day of the week, which is Sunday? Right, and that's, that's what um, I grew up with, and I'm old enough to have grown up in Blue Law, um, uh, uh, setting and uh, Sunday is is where Christians have traditionally uh, kept it. Now this argument, by the way, could, it goes back and forth forever, and I would say pick one day. <laughs> you know, so you're uh, not Sunday. even you're not even saying it has to be Sunday. You're saying it, oh, no, we need no. to take we need to take a day of rest sometime in the week and and devote it to things other than our normal activities. Correct, and I won't. Mention them. I don't own stock in them, but I, you know, I really respect the businesses that close on Sunday. The ones I know close on Sunday as uh, an observance of of that day, and I and uh, I I just I just think that says something in this twenty four seven world when we even close a business and we say we're closed this day because we're spending this time with the Lord. Well, we have, we would appreciate that as well for a day of worship, but uh, 
Matthew, as we look to the uh, teachings of the scriptures, we see that the New Testament has replaced the instructions of the Old Testament. We don't find any instruction in the New Testament uh, regarding the Sabbath. Well, it says that the Lord kept it, and it says the Lord is uh, that Christ is the the master of the Sabbath, and and part of that is saying we're to focus ourselves now on on Christ and Christ's understanding of the Sabbath. It's not specifically um, said, but it does say that He keeps it, and and I throughout Christendom that has been uh, for almost two thousand years a practice which I believe people have been blessed by. And, uh, and, and so I, that's just my, my, uh, well, let me ask you this, Matthew, would, would, would it, would you believe that it'd be sinful if, it, in other words, you're saying this to you, to you, I, the way I'm interpreting you, and don't let me put words in your mouth, but, uh, it, it sounds to me like you're saying this is good practice. To me, this is a, this is a, a, a a a practice that people would benefit from engaging in. Would you say that if someone says, "No, I'm not doing that," you know, uh, I'm, "I'm I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to continue to buy and sell on on Sunday or whatever other day," would would you say they're sinning by not making some observance of this Sabbath rule? I don't think I would call it a sin so much as not taking advantage of a blessing that the Lord has given us. Okay. The number to call is 877-381-4567 or send your emails to questions at collegeview.com if you'd like to talk with Matthew Sleeth uh, as we talk about uh, his book, uh, Serve God, Save the Planet. Um, Matthew, so I, to, to, I guess to summarize, then you would say that the ju- the uh, keeping of a day of not – I mean, we, we really couldn't call it the Sabbath if it doesn't follow the, the, pa- the pattern. A holy day of rest. A holy day yeah. of rest. You would say that would be a judgment call and you would – something you would – you think is a good judgment, but not something that you would necessarily bind on everyone. I would not. Okay. Now, no. you, you mentioned, and in, 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 I noted this several times from, from your teaching on the website, that if we would do this day of rest, be it the seventh day or the first day of the week or whatever, it would it would instantly produce 14% fewer greenhouse gases and so forth. Now, is that just? Are you just saying just take one seventh of our total energy consumption and therefore? The, yes, that's not an exact. It, yeah. It's to, simply to illustrate that. Uh, and, and Sabbath, by the way, means to come to rest. Uh, and uh, on my business card, the the uh, piece of scripture that I have, which I think is still valid today, is "Be still and know that I am God." That that God wants us to um, to to spend time with Him, and uh, if we can do that regularly, we'll be blessed by it. Well, uh, but uh, but the uh, but saying fourteen is just to point out that it's one day out of the week. Yeah, yeah, I understand. All right. Well, Matthew, we appreciate you being with us on the program tonight, and it's an interesting thing that you're proposing. Uh, I I. I I have to tell you that I'm probably not in a hundred percent agreement about this the Sabbath thing. I, I would certainly acknowledge that a person could make a personal judgment call to to practice that, but uh, as far as enforcing it or requiring it, and of course I, I don't get from what you're saying that you necessarily oh, I'm not, do that. I'm either. not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm saying it's 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 no sin in the Bible to to smoke um, cigarettes, and there's nothing said about it, but it's sure good sense yeah. to refrain from it. Okay. If possible, does it make somebody a sinner? Absolutely not, unless that becomes an idol or something to okay. them. 
Well, Matthew, we appreciate it. Again, your book is Serve God, Save the Planet. Your website is that as well, servegodsavetheplanet.org, am I right? That's correct. Okay, and anybody that's listening might like to check that out. We appreciate you being with us on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we appreciate uh, the insights that you've given us uh, as to, to the work that you're doing. Thanks very much. Well, thank you, and blessing on you and your listeners. Thank you, Matthew. All right, uh, there you have it, uh, Matthew Sleeth, and uh, appreciate Dad again, him taking the time out of his busy schedule uh, to uh, be a part of the program tonight. I think we'd say one thing about him, uh, he's uh, sincere in his uh, belief and his practice. I mean, he's making some sacrifice to, to yeah, practice that's, that's what he preaches. Pretty, it's pretty significant to think of, a, of a, a doctor with a big income giving that up to do something different and uh, and so he's, there's there's at least the practice to his preaching that we often talk about. We've got to practice what we preach, and it seems like he is. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll get our thoughts together, and we hope that you'll take a minute to get your thoughts together and that you'll join in on the program. Again, you dial 877-381-4567 to be on the program over the phone or over email, questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. We all have some things that we do with great regularity. Certain activities are a part of everyday life. Things like bathing, dressing, brushing our teeth, etc. Each person will have other unique practices that are incorporated into their normal routine. And while it's possible to get in a rut, some of this regularity is important and helpful in making us more efficient individuals. With that idea in mind, we'd like to suggest some things that ought to become a regular part of every Christian's daily routine. Every day we should pray. Pray daily for your fellow Christians, especially remembering the sick, the bereaved, those who are spiritually weak, those laboring under heavy burdens, and others who have special needs. Don't let these prayers be totally general in nature. Think of specific individuals and mention them by name in your prayers. Give thanks. In the course of your prayers, do not neglect to thank the Heavenly Father for all the wonderful blessings that He gives us. Again, be specific. Taking the time to actually count your blessings every day will help you to gain a greater appreciation for what God has done for you. Especially spend time contemplating the great spiritual blessings that Christians have in Christ Jesus. Study. Find some time each day to spend in the study of God's Word. Get up a few minutes earlier each day. Break away in the middle of the day. Make time in the evening, but by all means, study the Word. This will help you to resist temptation and prepare you to explain your faith to others. Serve. The Christian's life is to be a life of service. Instead of waiting for others to do things for you, look for some opportunity every day to do some deed of kindness for another individual. Your life will be happier if you concentrate less on self and more on others. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. All right, we're back on the virtual Bible study tonight. And if you're just joining us, we just concluded an interview with Matthew Sleeth. He is the author of Serve God, Save the Planet. And uh, we discussed some of his uh, views on uh, on environmentalism and uh, on the Sabbath in particular. And we'd like for your uh, feedback on that interview, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Joining us in the studio to give us some of his feedback, he's been listening on the sidelines, uh, Chris Bates is here. Hello, Chris. 
Hi there, Jacob, and uh, hello, Greg, and thanks again to uh, to the both of you and to the elders for the opportunity to come and sit with you tonight on this program. All right, uh, what are your thoughts? I saw you scribbling notes over there, Chris. What what are, what are some of your from from our interview and from the, some of the things that Matthew Sleeth had mm-hmm. to say? What are some of your reactions? Well, there are several things that uh, you know. Some of this I may not be able to get to because I, I, won't, I don't want to take up too much time uh, in responding to this. But I first want to say uh, with with the two of you how I appreciate the. Uh, demeanor of of the good doctor for who who comes on the show and he uh, uh, was in no way uh, confrontational or anything of that nature. I uh, am am uh, very very um, willing to commend him for that. And you know you, you could get any number of guests who would be very adversarial. And so uh, I thank him for uh, his willingness to come and discuss these issues that to him are important. There were several things that he did say uh, with reference to. Uh, the global warming issue um, that I don't really want to necessarily. Uh, uh, well, it's not belabor. our purpose to debate right. global warming. Right. Right. Uh, to me, it's not it's not critical yeah. what you believe on global warming to be. But I mean, I mean, it's, that's sort of a current political hot sure. potato. And, and, and he and I and and he, I would simply say. say he, well, he did say that you, it was not necessarily okay, the brunt Chris, of his come message. Out on, come out and tell us what you don't believe in global warming. No, absolutely and not. You, you, not, not you, no, well, I don't believe that human activity okay, is causing it. All right, it. okay, but uh, I mean, someone who does believe in that, I mean, they're not going to go to hell for it. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, unless unless we, uh, you know, we begin to uh, fall into the category of actually telling a lie about it or being dishonest about it. Okay. Um, but no, I, I mean, you know, if you hold a particular view that is neither here nor there uh, with reference to the overall scope of redemption, uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I'm not going to draw lines on that. Okay? Well, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, he he's t- he's taking a stand on this, but he he also acknowledges that you know it's not that he couldn't say emphatically or you know. Uh, with with certainty that human activity is causing global warming. Right. There, of course, there's a lot of, a lot he, of evidence, he, a lot of scientific evidence that's, that's coming to the forefront more and more that seems to indicate that that in fact may not be the case. But of course, that's that's as we said, that's not the the important part of our discussion. Well, he, he did say too that um, among his message, that was what he spoke about the least. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll we'll grant that. Um, in his in his parting words, he he made mention. Uh, that he would not necessarily call it a sin if one did not necessarily put a day aside for himself, uh, as if to say a Sabbath, that, you know, it was kind of an individual affair, and he was not willing necessarily to call it a sin. The Bible doesn't call it a sin, he says, and he, he made the case that uh, in that respect, smoking is not a sin, and the Bible doesn't condemn smoking. I just want to make the point that, uh, first of all, the Bible does not have to, and I, and I say this kindly, and I realize he's not on the program, so I'm not necessarily responding to him, but uh, the Bible doesn't have to specifically condemn a thing for the thing to be wrong. Uh, by that standard, you know, you don't find any condemnation in the New Testament specifically of rape, but you would you would find authority to preach against it as a sin, in as much as there is the command to flee fornication or uh, the command to love your neighbor as yourself. One who would commit such an act does not uh, certainly keep that. Uh, commandment of the Lord, and therefore that would be sinful. So you basically say we apply the principles to uh, specifics, and and that's right. And, and the the idea is this: uh, by your actions, whatever they happen to be, smoking or whatever, drinking or whatnot, uh, do they further the cause of Christ, or do they hinder your example uh, in serving the Lord? If they hinder, bottom line, bottom line. If they hinder, if your example is harmed, if the example of your brethren is harmed if they hinder uh then it is a sin all right go ahead all right uh, let's talk about something else here well matthew was careful not to say it would be a sin not to observe the sabbath um and i don't want to uh 
accuse him of something uh, here that he's not maybe guilty of. But uh, it does call to mind, Dad, the importance of being careful about our opinions. You know, we all have opinions on how sure. best to serve God. Sure. And I, I agree with Matthew that it is good to set aside time to think about God and not to mm-hmm. be engaged in worldly uh, pursuits. Too few people do that today. Exactly. Yeah. And, but and to, so, but and he was and he was he was careful to say that this is a this is something that he acknowledges as as a judgment that he's made to do that. Now, that being a case. This is not at all like the Sabbath observance of the Old Testament. Well, what I wanted to say, though, is we've got to be careful that we don't bind our opinions yeah. on, on how to serve God, our, our opinions and our judgments on that. We've got to be careful we don't bind those on other people. Yeah, and, and I didn't feel like he oh, was. I don't think he was. I just want to make that point. I didn't point. feel like he was. But that being the case, you know, if it's our opinion that we should have a day of rest a, a set aside for spiritual things, and I think those of us in this room – primarily do that on on sunday on the lord's day you know that's a day when we don't do things we normally do other days we we worship we spend a good bit of time in bible study and worship on that day uh and typically it is a a day devoted to rest and activities of that sort that's our judgment that it's it's our judgment to have it a, a whole day in other words it's not our judgment whether we can worship or not on lord's day i believe we're obligated to worship on the lord's day but what we do on the other hours of that day, you know, I, that that's that's some judgment. What I'm uh, I'm going around the bush here to get to this point, but the point I'm trying to make is this is significantly different than the Sabbath observance of the Old Testament. In Numbers chapter 16, there were some there was a man found who was violating the law of the Sabbath day. Uh, there was a the law was so strict and so specific that what he was found guilty of was gathering sticks. Notice number 16, verse 32, while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they found him gathering, they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation, and they put him in ward because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, the man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones, and he died as the Lord had commanded Moses. That's different than, I think it's a good idea to take a day off. This guy was put to death for something as simple as gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. That, to me, that shows that we're, we're not at all doing what the it Sabbath was, It was a rigid did. rule that, that someone in the, in the Old Testament times couldn't say, well, they called me in to work today, uh, down at uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. At the, at the sheep uh, shearing factory, I had to go to work today, and I, so I couldn't keep the Sabbath. You had to keep the Sabbath in the Old Testament. Exactly right. It wasn't optional. So it was not optional. That Maybe that's the big difference between what Matthew was saying and what the Old Testament law of the Sabbath actually taught. There was no option to it. It was... And Matthew's not binding the Sabbath like the Old Testament today, but there are people in the religious world who are. Mm-hmm. But they don't take they don't take all of the Sabbath, Chris, when they go back and say we ought to keep the Sabbath, the Seventh Day Adventist, and, and right. so on. They don't go. They don't take all of the Old Testament law regarding the Sabbath. Oh, that's obvious that they don't because of the regulations, you know, that that uh, were given with in connection with the Sabbath day. Uh, you mentioned the Seventh Day Adventist uh, Garner Ted Armstrong, who was not a Seventh Day Adventist, but a member of the. Uh, the worldwide church, the, world, yeah, worldwide church of God. He he, for years preached uh, in favor of Sabbath keeping, and believed that it uh, continued to this day. Uh, there are several views uh, or problems with that view, and I hope that we can get into it in the, in the twenty minutes that remain. But uh, you know, the, the bottom line is you're right. And what happens is the folks who who claim to be keeping the Sabbath are very clever in in, um, uh, and I don't mean that derogatory, uh, but I just mean they're very clever in how they present their argument. 
uh, from the standpoint that they're trying to deviate and, and distinguish between laws. They're saying that there's a law of God and there's a law of Moses and that the two are not uh, the same. And the law of God is the Ten Commandments. The law of Moses is ceremonial and is everything that was not the Ten Commandments. It's uh, essentially written in a book where the law uh, of God was written on stones, tables of stones. And so that that remains, uh, including the, the Fourth Commandment, uh, as such, and, and it was the law of Moses that was taken out of the way and nailed to the cross. And I find that a convenient position to hold if uh, you dare violate the Sabbath day. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Uh, the relationship of the, the Sabbath to the Old Testament is fundamental because uh, if it is part of the law of Moses that you keep the Sabbath, Galatians chapter 5, verse 3 tells us if we go back to the Old Testament uh, law of Moses for our justification, if we go back for one part of it, we've got to take it all. That's exactly right. So we've got to be careful about that for sure. I've got a list here, Jacob, of some of the rules that pertain to the Sabbath in the Old Testament. Let me run these down real quickly. There was no work to be done, Exodus 29 and 10. There was no cooking to be done, Exodus 16, verse 23. There was no building of fires, Exodus 35, verse 3. You could bear no burdens, Jeremiah 17, verses 21 and 22. Burnt offerings were to be made every Sabbath day, Numbers 28, verses 9 and 10. And there was to be no buying or selling on the Sabbath day, Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 31. Now, what if you broke any of those rules? Exodus 31:14 says, You shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now, those are specific rules. Uh, and I, again, we're not we're not trying to pin that uh, on on Matthew Sleeth. He's not saying that we, that these rules are are uh, to be enforced today. He believes it's an optional thing. We might agree to the same option, but those who bind the Sabbath are, if you're going to bind part of it, then you've got to bind it all. And I, I would think you'd have to bind the enforcement, Chris. Consistently, you would have to bind the enforcement. Uh, again, it's rather convenient to divide the laws up uh, in a way that the Old Testament never divided itself up. I can go and show you uh, in various books of the Old Testament where, uh, such as uh, Nehemiah, in the book of Nehemiah, how the, the, law, the law of God is referred to in the same context with the law of Moses. It's interchangeable. Uh, you know, you've got the, the uh, law of God given through Moses or by Moses and the law of Moses, which God revealed, and, and those kind of things. And, Dad, that's a big uh, a point of contention with people. Some people believe uh, that uh, the Sabbath has been around ever since uh, God Pretty took a break yeah. on the seventh day, mm-hmm. uh, and, that's, and that's not the case. That's right. Really in fact, even in, when Matthew was talking to us on the phone, he implied that, that it was something that started at cr- creation right. week. And I, I don't believe that's true. Here's, here's a powerful verse along that line. I, 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 maybe our listeners would well, like to know this. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, um, are you, before I do, will you tell me what verse you're going to? Nehemiah Okay, nine. before you get to that, I wanted to say this okay. to set that up. In okay. um, as much as, you know, he, he said that, as you, as you uh, just suggested, that uh, when, when God finished the creation week and the seventh day was, was the, the final creating act and uh, that therein he sanctified that day and set it apart. You know, there, there is legitimate discussion as to exactly when he sanctified that day. We don't know that he sanctified it the moment he finished it. The Bible does say, and there's no doubt about that, there's no discussion here, Genesis 2 and verse 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested, he rested from all his work which God had created and made. But we don't know legitimately 
did he sanctify it on that occasion? Well, he could have sanctified it on that occasion, but that doesn't mean he established the Sabbath or, or, day. Or revealed that, it, the, revealed or, or it as, as a for holy day. Observe it. Right. Uh, but and, we, we know, and we know the answer to when he, he began to require men, or at least certain men, to observe it. Nehemiah chapter 9, beginning verse 13, says, Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spake us with them from heaven, and gave us them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and known. commandest them precepts, statutes, and law by the hand of Moses thy servant. So when God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai was the time when he made known the holy Sabbath. And so it had not been observed Prior to that, I would argue that Genesis 2, Chris, where you were, where you were just reading about the seventh day, Genesis tells us not when the seventh day was chosen, but why. The, the God required the Jews to observe the Sabbath in likeness to his day of rest at the end of the creation week, but it doesn't say, Genesis doesn't say that he instituted it then. We know, in fact, clearly, when he instituted it in Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning verse 10, it says, wherefore I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness and gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. Moreover, I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them. So this was part of the covenant between God and the Jewish nation. And it, and it came into force on Mount Sinai just after Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. All right, so we have examples of the people under the law of Moses observing the Sabbath, but uh, we would say, Dad, we don't have any example of anybody before Mount Sinai observing the Sabbath, and we definitely don't have any example of Christians in the first century observing the Sabbath. We would say it was uh, for a limited dispensation. Yeah, in fact, let me read one more passage to you here. Deuteronomy 5, beginning verse 2. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even with us, who are all of us here alive this day. Then skipping to verse 15, same chapter. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. He that, commanded give, it when they came out of Egypt, out of bondage. Give that Egypt. reference one more time because that's critical. Deuteronomy 5. Verses 2 and 3, and then also verse 15. All right, Deuteronomy 5. All right, well, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll go to the top of the hour. We'd like to hear from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. 
I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile in South America. And I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program too. Gracias. Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the program. We're glad you're part of it tonight. Uh, again, we're uh, talking about uh, the Sabbath. We've just had a discussion with Matthew Sleeth, author of Serve God, Save the Planet. And that we need to reiterate, we're not uh, talking about Matthew Sleeth's position on the Sabbath. No, because he made it clear that he doesn't bind the Sabbath and he doesn't he doesn't even enforce a specific day. He just thinks it's good practice for people to take a day of rest and devote themselves and, to thinking about spiritual things. I, I would agree with him wholeheartedly on so that. So we just have used that to jump off into the Sabbath to talk about those who would bind it, not yeah. what Matthew's position is again, but just about the binding yeah. of the Sabbath in general, something that needs to be avoided because... We simply don't have instructions to observe the Sabbath in the New Testament. I think that's exactly right. You know, he mentioned one thing that, you know, Jesus was a Sabbath keeper. And I, I agree, Jesus was a Sabbath keeper, Chris. And there's a reason he was a Sabbath keeper, because the Sabbath was a command given to the people of Israel under the law of Moses. Jesus was born under the law of Moses. He of was a, a Jew. Living, uh, uh, he lived his whole life yeah, he under was, the law of Moses. He was also observing the, the feast and the, uh, the, the right. sacrifices. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's so true. So we can't, if we're going to do what Jesus did, uh, we'd have to do all that as well, just because, you know, Jesus did it. So are we going to observe these things? Paul said, you know, when the fullness of time god sent forth his son born of a virgin born under the law uh he was born under the law he lived under the law he, he kept the law exactly and, and kept so, it perfectly absolutely uh no other man or woman had ever done so and uh, i wanted to make some comment about the revealing of the sabbath day um we read nehemiah 9 and uh we we established and i think rightly so that it was on the occasion of mount sinai that god made known his holy Sabbath. However, he did use the Sabbath to test the people of Israel before he essentially made it known to them. And in Exodus 16, he had them, uh, you know, follow his instructions with reference to gathering in their their food and the bread and whatnot. And he did that to test them. But he made it known the holy Sabbath on the uh, on the occasion of Mount Sinai. And I think it's important to note that Paul uses the very same example in Second Corinthians chapter three. Uh, when he he cites how that uh, the ministry of condemnation was with glory and that the ministry of condemnation was given uh, at a time when the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses, uh, it, it, glorious though it was, uh, he, they couldn't do that unless he put a veil over his face. Uh, this took place at the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. And his point is that that which remains... In contrast to that which has faded away, which was with glory, that which remains the ministry of righteousness abounds in glory, is much more in glory, uh, clearly establishing that the New Testament or covenant, which God said in which he would remember the sins of the people no more and forgive their iniquities, whereas there was a reminder of sins year by year under the old law, uh, that in this covenant there is a uh, a perfection essentially where uh, the first covenant had a had a fault not a not a fault in that God didn't make a perfect covenant but he made a covenant that was not intended to save the people it was intended to enumerate sin it was intended to make the people aware of sin the need for a redeemer it accomplished that 
But where you know it accomplished that in leading them to Christ uh, as a schoolmaster, bringing the Jew to Christ, the New Testament, the New Covenant, is that covenant wherein they find hope. Jake, maybe we should get to some of these emails that have come in real quick. Jason in Pennsylvania has written and said that he doesn't think that the things that we're doing as humans have the capacity to destroy the planet because God tells us that he sustains the planet uh, he quotes Colossians one sixteen and 17, For by, by him all things were created, both in heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together or consist, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. Hebrews 1, verse 3. He, I, he, Jason says, I don't believe we can destroy what God is upholding. Uh, well, I, I, but I think Jason also would say we need to be good stewards of God's I, I, blessings. I, Jason wouldn't say that, uh, I mean, it would be theoretically possible to go and burn all the trees in the world. And I don't think Jason would say we ought to do that. Right. right. I, I made this point to, to Greg off the air, and I want to make it here, that I don't know any Christian, any Christian, and for that matter, I don't know, guess I know anybody who says, uh, you know what, I don't believe in global warming, and I think we should pollute the earth. I, I mean, I really don't know anybody who says that, who holds that line. They may in their practice uh, there may be some, some big corporate types who 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 sell out and and pollute to make a profit. But, but you were talking about people we but, commonly but have the, contact in, you know, with in, in their heart of hearts when they go to sleep at night. Do they want their kids drinking contaminated water? Oh, I just can't wait to give my child this water. I don't know anybody who's saying that, and I really hate to qualify it. But, so Matt, but I, I think it, I think it was understood in, in this email uh, that, uh, that that J- Jason sends here that obviously. Uh, we should be good stewards of the earth, and, and nobody wants to destroy it. Nobody I think Matthew's does. point, though, is that uh, in the race for materialism mm-hmm. that this society that we live in is uh, so prone to, we end up polluting along the way. I mean, we, you get to these big houses, and, no, that's and, right. and, that's and right. you're, you're, you're polluting more than is reasonable. You're not being a good steward. Well, in that respect, uh, Jacob, I want to say that I appreciate uh, the things that, that – uh, Dr. Sleeth did to cut back on what he believes was polluting because uh, I'm being preached to every day by people in Hollywood who are still flying uh, their their uh, Gulfstream jets and riding around in their limousines with eight miles per gallon telling me that I'm polluting the earth. At least, Dr. Sleeth, at least uh, whatever his conviction is about that, for himself took action. I appreciate when people do that. Even though I disagree with him fundamentally about some of that stuff, I agree with him that we should be good stewards of the earth. The Hollywood types who want to tell me how to live are themselves. Well, that's, that just goes to the idea of you know, practice what you preach. If you're a well, hypocrite on any mm-hmm. subject, sure. then you can't positively well, influence people to change if you're if you're not living up to what you're requiring of them. You that, heard, that's you, true in all, right. all areas. Well, you heard Dr. Sleeth say that he lived in a, a grand house, and then he downsized, and now he lives in a house that is essentially the size of the basement of the home he once garage. lived in. Uh, the, oh, yeah, the garage that he once lived in. But uh, it's funny to me that the people who preach to me about global warming from the Hollywood left uh, are are living in houses that uh, who, which has a bathroom that's bigger than my entire house all right let's use that as an as an example here then chris you don't listen to people in hollywood no i don't because they're not they're hypocritical absolutely and every christian listening to the program tonight needs to understand if we tell people around us that we need to live moral lives Mm -hmm. we need to be pure and free from sin and we're not pure and free from sin ourselves they're not going to listen to us just like chris turns off the switch and doesn't listen to the hollywood activist 
our neighbors are not going to listen to us, Dad, if we're not living what we preach. Exactly right. I think that, that that's something we can emphasize again and again. We all need to be reminded of that. Let me just conclude one other comment from Jason's email. He says, uh, God did not give the Sabbath to all men to conserve fuel, save us money, save the earth. The command was given to the Jews as part of their covenant. It was a sign of the covenant between the Jews and God. That's what the Sabbath was given for. I think that's a good observation. You have time to take your email or your phone, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. One of the one of the questions that we had from Mark and Cookville, what verse in the Bible proves that Christians must preserve the planet Earth? I mean, we've been talking you well, know, that, a, that, 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 that it's good practice. What, what verse would you use to say we should be good stewards of these blessings of God? Okay, again, we're, we're getting into to definitions here. What do we mean by preserve? What do we mean by good stewards? I mean, is there something we're willing to do, something we, we shouldn't do? Obviously, we're going to agree on some of that. But uh, as far as, you know, where does the Bible address specifically what the Christian is to do to the earth? And I, I don't know. I, I don't read... Uh, this as the theme of Paul's preaching or Peter's preaching or James's preaching or the preaching of Apollos. You go back and read through the book of Acts and some of these sermons. Where is this issue addressed? Uh, you, know, you could go back into the Old Testament. And again, the Old Testament is not our law today. But in the Old Testament times, God gave the, the certain rules about giving the land its rest in the, mm-hmm. uh, the, sure. in the seventh year, you know, and mm-hmm. so forth. You, you could imply that God... Not not by virtue of a law that pertains to us today, but by virtue of laws that he had given in the past, did expect people to exercise certain prudence about how they use the land, I, how they use natural sure. resources. And I can appreciate that. However, that, that very preaching is absent from the New Testament uh, doctrine that we see being preached. But I, I, don't want, I, don't, I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want to be accused of saying that we can, well, let's just dump every last bit of waste we can uh, into the Duck River. Uh, no, I'm not suggesting that at the all. The Duck just, River? Well, hey. Yeah, we got well, some, I don't we, want to be in, we, we, in the we, Duck River. We've got I some think duck. we're downstream where Chris <laughs> says. <laughs> we got some Duck River punch going on over there. But, you, you know, the, the, the thing is, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not trying to cop out of it here. I'm not trying to back away from talking about the issue. But the it, for me... When we're going to get into the realm of spiritual discussion with this, we're going to have to call from some scripture somewhere. Hey, let me I mean, let me real quick go to an email from Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, who writes when the uh, about the Sabbath. He says when the question rose in Acts 15 about whether Christian Gentiles should be forced to keep the law of Moses, Acts 15:5, the apostles provided the following statement from Acts 15:24: For as much as we have heard that certain went out from us which have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised to keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, there were some who go out and say you got to keep the law, and, and, and the apostles said we didn't give them that commandment. If the apostles' teaching to Gentile Christians was to be forced, if the apostles' teaching to Gentile Christians was that to be forced to keep the law would be subverting their souls, the apostles said they gave no such commandment. Then where did the idea come from that in order to be pleasing to God, we have to keep the Sabbath, which was part of the law? And why would they think that it was subverting one's soul if it was God's will? In other words, when certain ones were trying to, let me sort of summarize what Jim says there. If certain ones were, when certain ones were trying to bind Old Testament law upon Christians today, the apostles said that's subverting their souls. Well, that would include binding the Sabbath. And Absolutely. again, Matthew Sleeth is not binding the Sabbath day, but anybody who is, would be guilty of what the apostle said was subverting the souls. That goes along with what we read in Galatians chapter 2, talking about Christ and how he has taken the Old Testament law out of the way, beginning of verse 14, uh, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and has 
He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regard regarding a festival or new moon or Sabbath. That, that, just to clarify that, that was Colossians 2. I said Galatians, didn't yeah. I? Colossians just, chapter so 2. The, so the folks are looking for this one reading. 14 through 16. Right. But it specifically says Christ took the, those things out of the way, the Old Testament requirements, including the Sabbath. All three of the Sabbaths, the, the uh, new moon, the monthly, the festival, the yearly, and a Sabbath day. All of those, uh, along with all of the law, nailed to the cross. All right. We're out of time, Jacob. Well, it's been a good discussion. I hope so. I hope our listeners have uh, enjoyed that, and I think it was beneficial to hear from Matthew Sleeth. I appreciate some. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the way he presented his case. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that he's not trying to bind something that's not not bound upon us as Christians, but just you know, think of, uh, more or less just the idea. Think about it. Exactly, and uh, we would disagree with him on some things, I'm sure. But we do have to commend him for uh, being sincere Chris, and, and agreeable and, and, and not, not disagreeable right. in and our disagreement. And with he's him. practicing what he preaches. And so that definitely sure. is admirable. And um, I appreciated his um, we talked about, Chris, his materialistic, uh, anti-materialistic view and, you know, his determination. He's not going to let the material things uh, consume him. And that's a good admiration, uh, admonition for all of us. Yeah, well, in a world where that is the drive of everybody when you get up in the morning, it is refreshing to hear someone say, you know what, that's not what life is about. Life is about serving the Lord. Uh-huh. Now the issue is, uh, what does the Bible say about serving the Lord? And that's what the virtual Bible study is all about, Dad. We may have some new listeners tonight. Uh, let's quickly go over what we're all about on the virtual Bible study. Well, every Thursday night at this time, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, we meet for a live Bible study on the Internet in which we're just trying to explore what God's Word says, find out what His instructions for us are, and try to encourage one another to live by those things day by day. It's a regular Thursday night appointment, and we hope that you'll make it a, a, a note on your calendar and be tuning in each Thursday night at this time for the Virtual Bible You can study. check out our website, listen to past programs of various Bible subjects. We hope you'll check out our website, and we hope that you will make it a, a, a part of your daily or your weekly study routine to be a part of the Virtual Bible Study. Dad, thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. And thank you again to Matthew Sleeth for his uh, uh, discussion with us tonight and for being willing to be a part of the program we hope you benefited from our discussion tonight and we do hope that you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual bible study in the meantime we encourage you to put god first in your life study his inspired word the bible and live by it every day you'll never regret it thanks for listening to the virtual bible study brought to you by the college view church of christ the college view church of christ meets at 1618 hampshire pike in columbia tennessee if you are in the columbia tennessee area we encourage you to worship with the college view church of christ on sunday mornings at 9 30 and on sunday evenings at six o'clock the college view church of christ also welcomes you to attend their wednesday night bible studies at seven o'clock if you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the college View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.